foundation is built on solid rock. Yeshua. Yeshua. The rock of our salvation on Solace Radio. Dear friends, we've been studying the book of Daniel now for several weeks. And we have come to chapter 3. That is a departure from the prophetic aspect of the book of Daniel into the historical or the history of what was behind the scene of what taking place, what took place in Babylon at that time. And as we get to this message, I call that Daniel is... We already know in Hebrew means Adonai or the Lord is my judge. And in part six of this message, I call it in the fiery furnace. Before we get to that, I just want to set a stage for it. And I want you to think about it during the message. I know some of your circumstances, part of it. I don't know all of yours. You know some of our circumstances, you don't know all of it. But I can tell you that at one time or another, we find ourselves going through life, and we find ourselves in the fiery furnace. And it doesn't make any difference to how much money you have or you don't have. It is just part of life. Remember my... uh all around double P. I call it the double P syndrome. You got a pulse, that's the way it goes. No pulse, no problems. All your problems are gone. So as long as we are traveling through this time tunnel, through the entry door, some of us are very young, just entered through the entry door. Some of us are older looking through very closely to the exit door, which both beyond the doors, as I said, it's eternity. Before the entrance and after the exit is eternity. But while we're here, we have time. So we read, and through this time that we go through life, and who tell, whoever tells you that it is a cakewalk, or it's a rose garden, experience is just nothing but lying to you. Because this is what life is all about. Life is about obedience, number one, and about love that the Lord God asked us. And Yeshua said, the first commandment is, love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. And then, love your neighbor. We're going to see love of God, but more so obedience to God. I said that you can have love without obedience, but you cannot have obedience without love. Again, you can fake love, but you cannot fake obedience. At least maybe for a little bit, but obedience takes a lot of obedience. Obedience takes a lot of sacrifice. Sometimes to sacrifice one self-life. And we're going to see this amazing faith and sacrifice because of obedience and belief in three young men. 
Our dear friends, Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael, a.k.a. Shadrach, Mishach, and Abednego. In verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, and its width 60 cubits, 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon, and the king and King Nebuchadnezzar said, sent a word to gather together the satraps, the administ- administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image of which the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, has set up. In previous chapter, we have learned about the king's vision, actually in his dream. And Daniel, the Jewish young fellow, not only that had the interpretation of the dream, which many claim that they can do that for you even nowadays. And many of those people, many of those uh, communicators with the outside world, with the extraterrestrials, you know, they call themselves tarot card readers, they call themselves uh, sorcerers, or palm readers, or now, in modern Israel, they're called experts. I mean, it's old-fashioned to say, I'm a sorcerer, you know, because sorcerer in the old language would be Yedaoni, or, you know, a witch. You, know, you don't say a witch, you don't say machshefa, you say, no, 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 I'm an expert. Expert in what? communicating with demonic powers. So here it is that those, all those high in the hierarchy of Babylon, all those stargazers, the, the, the astrologers, and all the wizards, and all of them guys could not rise up to the challenge of the king when he said, you give me my dream first, and then the interpretation. They said to him, King, oh King, live forever. <laughs> sure, because he's about to set him, you know, and make sure they don't live forever. He said, if you don't give me the dream and the interpretation, I'm going to kill you all. And the word already gone out that they will be killed. And then Daniel said, time out, King. I'm going to do that. I just need a little time out. So they went. He went home, told his friends, who are they? Azariah, Mishael, Hananiah, and I gave you the interpretation of these names. Hananiah means the Lord has graced me, the Lord has blessed me, and Azariah means the Lord is my help, and Mishael means the Lord carries my load. And these three guys fervently prayed for the Lord, and in a vision at night, God gave the dream and the interpretation to Daniel, that in short, he went to the king, and then he told him about the dream and the interpretation, and he saved all those that need not be saved, because the Bible said, kill them all, all those experts, kill them all. He said, He said, the witch and a sorcerer should not be kept alive, period. That's what the Bible says. I guess I'm not going to be very popular in Hollywood or even in modern Israel for that matter. But then 
The Lord has promoted Daniel, and then Daniel shared with his friends, and now the king, and he told them about the dream of what he saw and about the image, and he says, you king are the head of gold of this great image. <sighs> and of course, the king, which I give him credit for it in humility, has thanked Daniel. And he said, there's no other God like the God of no other Elohim, like the Elohim of Daniel. And he promoted him to be the prime minister of Babylon. And then Daniel promoted his friends to be uh, uh, governors of some areas around Babylon as well. And the king felt good. So what we see in this chapter, that before long, he feels so good about himself that he forgets for a while, you know, that God... Adonai, Elohim, is in charge. And he sits the golden image and he says, Now, this is what I want you to do. You're going to play by my rules. And he said that you all come there and you're going to worship. This is a megalomaniac attitude. A megaloman is a man like in the old days, like Hitler, that thought that he can... You know, conquer the whole world. It's somebody like Saddam Hussein that he thought that he is invincible. And we have several of those, like those in Ayatollahs and Ahmadinejad. And we have some of those in the free world as well. And I'm not going to name them. You know some of them. If all those that are true believers will not vote for those that shouldn't be there, they wouldn't be there. But ultimately it is God that sets up governments. And God that takes them down. And God is in total control. But listen to this. So, verse 3. And by the way, you know, you, if you look at the map, you can see the size of the empire of Babylon Empire. It was the whole known world of that time. He set this big image in the valley of Dura, which is just about north-northeast of Baghdad. So, the satraps, the administrators, the governors, verse 3. The governors, the councilors, the treasurers, the judges, the administrators, and all the officials of, of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that the king, King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up. Then a herald cried out, cried aloud, To you it is commended, O peoples, nations, and languages, that... At the time when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and I'm going to talk to you about what psaltery is, in symphony with all kings' kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of a ferning, fiery furnace. So here it is, they advised him that this is what you shall do, and then all this, you know, it was a grandiose standing, a self-worship situation right there, where he gathered, not if he gathers all the nobles, he gathered all the people as well, and then he brought the big orchestra. And it's very interesting, uh, because 
I read side by side the Aramaic because I told you that this part from chapter 2 to chapter 8 in the original language, which is the Hebrew Bible, it is written in the Aramaic. And by default, I call it, by God's grace, because I didn't want to do it as a child, I have learned the Aramaic language as well. It's very interesting, and he says when you hear, first of all, at, uh, at verse uh, 5 he says, when you s- hear the sound of the karna, karna is you hear the sound of the shofar, first of all, you hear the sound of the shofar calling. And mashrokita, this is the same as what we call today in Hebrew mashrokit, which is a whistle. Apparently they had whistles. And then he goes on and all the others, other ones, and then he comes to this, you know, uh, word, the psaltery. And I was looking in the uh, Aramaic, it says psanterim. And I can tell you what it is. It's a piano. This is what we call piano in the modern Hebrew language because for many years I did not quite understand why we call it psanter because it's not really a Hebrew word. And grammatically it kind of uh, built differently, but what it is, it is a keyboard like the organ, however it is attached by strings, you know, that has the hammers that uh, uh, push the uh, the... the um, uh, sound and make the sound of the of the piano, and this is the word that is being used today of, in modern Hebrew for the word of piano, psaltery or psantery. Very interesting. And he says, when you hear all that, you bow down and all this grandiose appearance, and you bow down and worship the king. If not, you're toast. This, by the way, the. Modern English uh, idiom says, if you don't do this, you're toast. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? Wait, if you don't do this, you're toast. You're too young, but you will hear it. I'm sure some of you, you know, kind of waiting. Oh, this is, you're toast. I mean, this guy, he was toast. Why? Because then the old days, they put him, if they don't do it, and disobey, they put him what? In the fire. Later on, you know, they... Church have ex- exercised it quite a bit against the uh, um, infidels, the Jewish people that lived in Spain that didn't want to bow down before the cross of the Catholic Church. And what did they do to them? Burnt them at their stake. Exactly. That's where they got the idea. So we continue. It says in verse uh, 7, he says, So that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, symphony, in symphony. And the word here is also that we use in modern Hebrew and modern English for symphony comes from the Aramaic that went then to the Greek and then to the modern Hebrew. Of course, it's called symphonia and it's written here in the original Aramaic as we call today symphony. It comes from that. Symphonia. And because it is used in Hebrew as well, you know, for the Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra, and they call it, they're going to, you know, share with you now with a great symphony, blah, 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 blah. Symphonia comes right from here. Very interesting. You know, kind of a little side note. And it says, they're all in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, languages, fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar have set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldean came forward and accused the Jews. I said, well, 
Very interesting. Certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. Wow, what an original concept. Certain guys came in and accused the Jews. Why? The Jews are the easy scapegoats of the time and age we live. Always easy to accuse the Jews. But very interesting, as I'm reading this, and it said here that all this time, some Chaldeans came and literally were eaten. They were eaten by jealousy. And the word here in the Aramaic says, First of all, they were eaten by jealousy, by envy. Why? These guys are Daniel's friends. They're his buddies. So, and they're the ones, remember, they were obedient like Daniel. And they did not eat all the defiled food. Remember that? That the king has said, and eventually they were there. They were the prayer support. They were the core guys that Daniel has relied on my buddies, you know, my friends. You know, we guys, we guys, men, we need two or three or four other guys around us, especially us that are in leadership. We need that. We don't need ne- yes sayer, but we need special guys that are committed to be there for you, to support you in the right things and pray for you and with you. Do you agree with me? So here this guy, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, Shadrach, Meshach, and Avednego are there, and they've been promoted because Daniel was a wonderful friend that helped. He shared. He didn't want to eat the whole pie, but he shared it with his friends. He promoted them, gave them promotion. Not, I'm now the commander-in-chief, and I'm... <laughs> You're all going to bow down to me. No, 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 no. I shared with you before. He shared the special pass to that special golf course greens that he got. He didn't keep it for himself. So now, a certain of those Chaldeans, very shortly after the events that they were almost died, you know, they were about to be killed, they forgot, or they chose to forget, because it's all a matter of choice, and they were eaten by envy that these three guys have been promoted. You see, they did not accuse Daniel, because Daniel is absent from this chapter altogether. Why? Because they were afraid, because Daniel was had by far more power. At this point, Daniel had the power probably to put them to death as being in charge. So they did not accuse Daniel, but they came against somebody that they thought is lower and lesser in power and weaker in position that they can attack them. And they were eaten by envy. And they, they, the word for karzehon, they latched onto them like leeches, bloodsuckers. That's what the word karzea, we use in Hebrew today, we call it bloodsucker or a tick that leeches, latches onto animal, borrow the head in and start sucking the blood. That's exactly where they are. They were beaten on them day after day after day after day to see how long they were. And here came their opportunity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you think you got promoted? Mm-hmm. John, you think you got promoted? We're going to show you. There's several of them plotting around you as well at the work, at the workplace which you have got promoted and they're just eaten by envy and they're going after you. You don't even know, but if you just happen to trip, if you happen to do something wrong, 
Boy, I tell you, they right there, like bloodsuckers, like bloodhounds, ready to take you down. And they saw their opportunity, and they were eaten by it. And sure enough, look what they do. Verse 9, and they go, they spoke therefore, and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Oh, wow, what a cliche. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, lyre, blah, 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 and in symphony and the psaltery shall fall down and worship the gold image. Correct. Verse 11. And who, whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of burning fi fiery furnace. So far, so good, right? But there are certain Jews they're not specific about it. There's certain Jews. Remember the story of Haman? He came to King Ahasuerosh and he says, Oh, King Ahasuerosh, live forever. There are certain Jews, there are certain people. They didn't say even Jews. Certain people. You don't really care for them. They are not much of a, you know, of a, of a, 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 a much good or, or, of any use in your kingdom, you know, and they don't do this and they don't do this. And if I give you so much money, you know, so the king just falls into this and says, whatever you want to do, do to them. That's it. You know, cheap, blood, Jewish blood, always cheap, cheap. But even though the name of God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, we see his hand orchestrates behind the scene like a marionette. You know, it's like a... a, a, a what you call it, the doll, uh, little marionette dolls play. And then eventually the Jewish people, what? Have been rescued. The Jewish people have been saved from the hands of the enemy. Look at this. They come in, oh king, there are certain Jews here, you know, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. And then, now they name them. Shadrach, Mishach, and Abednego. This man, oh king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought this man before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I set up? Now... Verse 15, if you are ready at the time when you hear the sound of the horn, the lyre, the psaltery, the symphony of all kinds of music, he says here, which I have made good, but if you, meaning, if you, you shall fall down and worship the image which I have made, it will be good to you. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the a burning fiery furnace, and who is the God? Listen to this. Now this guy makes his biggest mistake right here. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Listen. Some people come against you. I always said, when we have tough times, I said to my wife, I always say, honey, listen, they don't come in against us. They're coming against our God. Because every time they set up a weapon against us, they're coming against our God whom we serve, whom we believe. Every time people come against you and you serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and believe in Messiah, Yeshua, they're coming against our God. And you know what? <laughs> I said it 
before, but I'll say it again. I read the last page of the book, and it said, we win. <laughs> now he set a challenge, not only to the boys, but he set a challenge against God. I mean, this guy, this guy really, very shortly, after what he heard and saw, immediately, you know, very short time, he forgot. Now, but listen to what these boys say. They are just, I so admire them. This is really amazing. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't say, Oh, king. Listen. <laughs> I love it. They didn't say, Oh, king, live forever. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> we have no need to answer you in this matter. <laughs> I love it. Nebuchadnezzar, listen, listen, guy. We don't have to answer you. What? I'm the king. You call me by my first name, and you tell me you're not going to give me an answer? <laughs> if that is the case, our Elohim, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. That's it. I mean, listen to this. Let me ask you a question. Would you have answered that if you were there? How many of you now, don't raise your hands, don't fall down on your faces, just ask yourself in your heart right now if I am to take you back to this situation 2,500 years ago, and it is right now the situation. How many of you have fallen down and worshipped the image? How many of you will eventually say, you know what, but it's for my own security and will accept the chip in your hand or in your forehead when, when push comes to shove? Because it is eventually going to happen. Because it's already here. It's not what happened 2,500 years ago. We see these things happening today. How many people will fall down and negate their belief in the Lord right now as we speak? I don't want to go under the fiery furnace. I want to live. Is your faith strong enough that you would say to a king, what if you had your moment with the president that is now pretty much the strongest man on the face of the earth? If he told you to do something like that, and you say, oh, Mr. President, but my God will delivery will deliver me from your place, from your darkest prison. And not only that, he will pull me out of the fiery furnace and he will deliver me from your hand. You see, twice that they, they did what Jewish people do. Not only that, they talked to him once, they flipped him one and turned him around and gave him the schmear the other way. You know, do you want to? Okay, king, okay, come on on. Okay, we believe in our God. Come on, believe in our God. Boom, one slap on his face. Oh, yeah, now that we turned you around, first of all, they didn't say, oh, king, right? They say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Boom, one smack on the face, right? And they turn around and he says, not only he'll deliver us from the furnace, and they give him the other schmear on the other side, he will deliver us from your hand, oh, 
king. You see the humor in that? Can you, in your heart, say that you would have done that if you were there? I'm asking myself that. Do I have the faith? Do I have the courage? Now, faith is one thing. But do you have the courage to express your faith? Oh, how many people say, listen, I cannot share my, you know, what I believe in, in the workplace, you know, with my friends. Oh, you ask people, it's, it's, it's personal. My, my, my faith is personal. It's inside. It's what I believe inside. I don't have, you know, to wear it on my sleeve. That's what I call obedient. Because if you decide you don't wear it on your sleeve, your life shall be like that. And people say, what's with this guy? You see, but this guy had so much faith because they saw God. You know, because they ate the vegetables and not the meat and all the goodies that the king has provided for them. And they got fatter than the rest of them. And then God has delivered the, the vision and, and, the, uh, and the interpretation of the dream to Daniel. And they see, they see all that. And not only that, parents, grandparents, these kids have amazing, excellent upbringing. And these are the results. Where are their parents? Obviously, they either were killed in the time of the captivity, or they are not there, or maybe they're there, but they have no contact with those kids. But the way that they brought this young man, four of them, that what gave them the faith to stand in front of the king and answer in such a way. Oh, I love it. But, if not, listen to they even say that, but if not, verse 18, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up. Meaning, you know what, king? We're going to go down believing what we believe, even if our God is not putting challenge to God. You see? They're not challenging God at all. They said, we're going to go to the furnace one way or another because this is what we believe. We have conviction. How many of us will put our lives on the line because of our conviction? That is the main question here. And it's happening. It is happening in our time today. Every day. And it will, it will increase as we go along life. And as we see this prophetic time that we live in coming to a close. Listen to this. In Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 3, it says, but now, thus says Adonai who created you, O Jacob, and he who had formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by your name. You are mine. That's it. Say amen. That's right. You are either the Lord's that have been purchased with a price or we just another group that enjoys ourselves. You know, this is, this is all wonderful cakewalk. Everything is hunky-dory. We're in the Lord's. Listen, you go through trials. You go through tribulation. I told you what? The double P syndrome. Remember that. Now it says here, when, not if, <laughs> not if, the Hebrew is very clear, ka'asher, when, and you will, when you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. 
For I am Adonai, your Elohim, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Hamoshiach, he says that I am. Who is talking here? Yeshua, the Messiah, is saying, you know, you're mine. You go there in, in the, in the fiery furnace. You go there in the, in the high raging waters. You go through trial and tribulation. I'm there with you. I'm not gonna let, I'm gonna, not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forget you. And I'm not gonna let you off my hands. Period. I know some of us are facing amazing trials right now. As we are personally as well. But I have to believe and I have to continue to walk in what I read and what I believe. It's either there, if I don't do that, it's all just nice, sweet, sugar-coated words, which are nothing but emptiness. But this is not what God said in verse 19. He says, then, then verse Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, meaning he got his face got contorted. <laughs> I'm going to get you. You're going to tell me his face was full of rage. <laughs> they tell us, you know, you Middle Easterns, you know, you, yes, we are. We speak with our hands, you know. We, you know, you see the expressions in our face. <sighs> you see that. When I'm happy, I'm happy. I mean, you can't see my eyes. I'm so happy. I close them. I laugh. But when I'm angry, when I'm upset, I'm upset. Oh, no. Everything is fine. You know, everything is fine. We're not fake. We don't know what fake is. We're real. And this is reality. His face was contorted. And he said here towards Meshach, Adrach, and Abednego, and he spoke and commanded that the heat, that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And commanded a certain highly man of valor who were in his army to bind Meshach, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. He actually made a mistake, tactical mistake, but it's nothing for the Lord. When he raised the heat, he actually hastened their demise, meaning they will suffer less. If it's less hot, they would stand there and, you know, it will take longer. This way, you know, I don't know about you, but I love, I know how to barbecue. And I like barbecuing. I do that a lot, you know. And a lot of people, they don't know how to barbecue. And they work on lower fire. You don't barbecue on lower fire. You barbecue, you know, on high fire. And then you control it, you know, up and down. Because you want to sear it right there. Anyway, it's not a lesson in barbecuing, by the way. <laughs> but we'll have it as a congregation one of these days, you know. We have a good old, you know, big barbecue, which uh, 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 Jewel have not bound it as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as we were transporting it, and it actually jumped off the trailer by itself. That was a funny thing. Oh, my goodness. That was really funny. I was laughing so hard. And I asked him to tie it down, by the way. Oh, he said, there's no need. But these guys were tied down. <laughs> these guys <laughs> were tied down. And in verse 21, then this man's were ba- this man were bound in their coats, their trousers, and their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast in the midst of the burning 
a fiery furnace. Therefore, because of the, of the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Chadrach, Mishach, and Abednego. Look, there's three young men and the soldiers are carrying him and throwing him in. And meanwhile, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the flight into the furnace, those soldiers being incinerated. It was so hot. Think about it. I mean, meaning when God does a miracle, it's big. It's something for all around you to see. It's not something like a little bitty thing that you have a question mark. Here there's no question of what about to happen because these guys are being incinerated while Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are all bound and they're going to the fiery furnace. And verse 23, it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste, he sat very far, but then he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, uh-huh. look at this fiery furnace. I mean, it was so hot. It was so hot. I mean, this is nothing about suntan, okay? There was not about, you know, it wasn't the tanning booth. A tanning booth. You know, you get there to get a suntan. I mean, this is a fiery furnace. And then verse 25, he says, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the fourth, the form of the fourth is like the son of Elohim. Oh, wow. He even now, he's astonished and he sees it for who he is and he says, this guy looks like the son of God. Wait. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning uh, fiery furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High Elohim, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. I mean, he even risked his life because he was just so astonished. There was, listen, God said, you know what? You challenge me, I'm going to show you. I'm going to kill the soldiers and I'm going to keep my guys alive. Not only that, he came close. He could have been incinerated himself. But after he saw that, he took courage and he called them, you know, crying. And so they came out. And the satraps, the ministers, administrators, the governors, and the councilors, and they saw, and they saw this man on whose bodies the fire had no power. Hello. Good morning. The fire had no power. The hair of their head was not, what is this? Burnt. Okay. Nor were their garments affected and even the smell of the fire was not on them. Hello, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Last night, I mean, as the kids coming in, before we did Kiddush, we said we'd do a Shabbat dinner with my kids. You know, with Daniel, our new son, and Jen, our daughter, and little Asher. Adam came also. And of course, what does Saba do? Saba works on the grill. I tell you, 
You work on the grill and it's about 400 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Not seven times, 400. You know, for good rabbi steak, it's enough. It's good, you know. 400, that's what you should. Between 4 to 450, it's good for a rabbi steak. You know, uh, not for chicken. Chicken needs a little bit longer. But anyway, as we, I'm standing there, I mean, and I'm schwitzing, it's hot. And you know what? I needed to change shirt. You know why? Because the smell of the, of the meat, you know, and the smoke and all that gets on you. And there have been time which, you know, in the summer I'll jump in the pool or take a shower because the smell is so strong. And here, not only that they came out, their garments are not, you know, uh, burnt, the hair. It reminds me. There's one guy by the name of Yeshua that said not even one hair, some of us that do have that, will come off. You're, they're all numbered. Everything is under control. And you know what? Not even the smell. I love that most. Not even the smell of the fire. That is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Nebuchadnezzar, verse 28, in closing here, a couple more verses, saying, Blessed be Elohim of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered whose angel? Yeshua, the Son of Man, standing there, and he says, Here I am holding my children that had faith in me. The angel of the Lord is here holding you. With all the problems that we go through, He's going to deliver every single one of us from all the problems that we have. Period. Because that's what He said. And He said here, and delivered His servants who trusted in Him, and they have frustrated the King's words. I love it. And yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own Elohim. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nations, or language which spoke anything amiss against, meaning all these guys that want to eat their flesh, anybody that comes against you, and you are a believer in the Lord that comes against you, the Lord says here, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, he actually decrees that a miss against Elohim of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made into ash heaps because there is no other Elohim who can deliver like this. Then, <laughs> yes, I love that. Then the king promoted, <laughs> I love it. After all this, they received promotion. You know, and then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Sometimes let me tell you something. When you face a promotion, even though you had a promotion and you need to receive another promotion, you would have to go through a fiery trial. But you know what? That was just amazing because there was a lot of lessons and the time is just short. I can go on and tell you about all the lessons been, have been learned. But the most of all is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, their faith even strengthened even more. Seven times, they put them in the seven times hotter fire. You can imagine how much their faith, when they graduated, has grew. 
With Because the, they graduated, you know, the test, as I talked to you before, every time that you uh, pass a test, you graduate into the next class. But you know what? In the next class, there are different tests. So life is full of tests to check and see what about your character. If you have a conviction or you're just one of those, I just go through life. You know, business is business. Some say business is usual, but these guys, no. Therefore, in Romans, it says here, in 1 and 2, I beseech you, the apostle, Rab Shaul, Paul says, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Elohim, that you present your bodies like uh, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to Elohim, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. The word that is used here in all these verses that we have read for God is Elohim in the plurality of it. In the plural. Elohim is God's title. It's not his name. His name is the yud heh vav But this is his title. Elohim, which here gives us a vision into Messiah, into his time. And not only that, Paul, writing to the Romans, knew that. Because he was looking at Daniel. He was looking at this. He says, listen, a lot of things going to happen. But I am encouraging you to present yourself and your bodies as a living sacrifice. He was talking about what? Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. My dear brothers and sisters, trials will come. Stay firm. Be strong in the Lord. Keep the faith. And I promise you, I promise you, He will deliver you from all those fiery trials. Be blessed. You're listening to Solace Radio, Monta Vista, Colorado. If you like the programming you hear on Solace Radio, please become a partner with us and donate any amount you'd like, and we'd sure appreciate it. And it helps us to reach more and more people around the world with this great message of hope. Thank you for listening to Solace Radio. Now back to our program. 